Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, he's Patrick, and considering we're recording this while residing in the metropolitan areas of two major cities reeling from the byproducts of the coronavirus, we figured might as well record a podcast because the NFL free agency period kicked off this week. And since we're quarantined, we ain't got shit else to do. So um, Patrick, how close are you to losing it to the cabin fever right now? Oh, I'm, I've already lost it. I mean, you can see this mustache I'm rocking. The, uh, I've, I've already lost my mind. I'm in Seattle. We're like, we're like a week or two ahead of everyone coming into this. So I've been quarantined for a while, self-quarantined for a while. And uh, as much as I love my wife, well, it's a lot of time together. <laughs> so here we are I was talking say, about the, sports because we can't watch sports. We're multiple floors away from I'm from my wife, and it's 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 quite um, important right now. I think um, what's the saying? Uh, separation brings the hearts together, or um, something along those lines. Because I think, uh, yeah, something like that. Or, or absence brings the brings hearts together or whatever but anyway um that notwithstanding kind of to that end what patrick talked about we thought we'd recap some of the moves made by the washington redskins this week as the nfl free agency period kicked off uh, take a look at how the roster kind of shakes out a result of what they did this week um fully recognizing there's a lot of time for them to still make acquisitions and at least as of right now like the nfl draft is six weeks away so there's gonna be a lot of significant shifts to the roster presumably at that time but at least from the perspective of what happened over the last few days I don't know they're all kind of blending together to me now that I'm cooped up in the confines of the house um, let's just start with some of the big moves made this week um, I think one thing that Redskins fans typical of Redskins fans typical of DC media I've been tweeting this from the hail to the D- hail to DC Twitter account um, you know it's one of those things where Redskins fans if they make a bunch of splashy signings and everyone's like oh we're trying to buy a championship and if the Redskins don't make a bunch of splashy signings, everyone already wants to fire Rivera and Kyle Smith. And I, I, don't, I just, I don't get it. Like I get that the porridge is always too hot and too cold for some people, but like at some point we just have to kind of pick a bed and lie in it. And I am completely like, we're going dumpster diving at the moment for by and large, not entirely, but I think when you look at it from the lens and I can't remember who from the athletic reported it saying that Rivera basically sat down with Kyle Smith before this whole thing started and said, look, these are the positions we want to address first. And it's much more than I think the players that they've targeted. It's much, it's about the positions that they figured we need to bolster. And then they kind of juxtapose whatever players are available to that at some different levels. Right. So let's start with one of the obvious ones. Um, we'll start with one that actually just happened about two or three hours ago. We're recording this on Thursday evening and that's offensive lineman Cornelius Lucas, right? Like as much, I follow the NFL, I believe at a high level, I had never heard of Cornelius Lucas. Like I'm going to be completely straight with you, but the Redskins signed him just like I said, a couple hours ago to a two year, 5.3 million deal, uh, $5.3 million deal. Great. Whatever. 16 games started over the last six seasons. He played a little bit of right tackle for the Bears. So that's probably why nobody paid attention to him over here. But it's like, okay, we all know the Trent Williams situation. We all know that Morgan Moses can't stay healthy. He plays like ass last year. He played like ass last year when he wasn't healthy. Jaron Christian, you can't trust him as far as you can throw him at the left tackle side. So you need a body there, right? Like you need somebody who can literally go and play at the position and say, I don't think we really have anyone else once you factor in that Trent Williams probably won't be here next year i think this i think this signing is um a very good start to to talk about 
just where Rivera is taking this team. Um, I was looking at the signing earlier, and, and uh, you know, I was I had the same reaction. I was like, who the hell is this guy? I even right before we even got into this, I, I called him Cornelius Griffin. Right. Um, like, I, this guy is probably going to be, to one of your favorite terms, a jag. He's probably going to be just a guy. Um, but I think it's an I think it's an important signing because I do think it symbolizes what Rivera wants to do. Because if you go back and listen to him, the amount of times he's mentioned, I want to build this team inside out, middle, and then go outside. <clears throat> All of his signings so far have been in the middle of the field, basically, with the exception of I guess you consider the the running back is really the only uh, McKisson, whatever his name is, the only guy that's really been on been on the outside of this. Everything is in the middle of the field. We're talking. Guards, tackles, middle inside linebackers, safeties, everyone is right there. And I think it's interesting. Um, while these like these guys are kind of just, you know, we don't know who they are. So they we don't know if they're good, we don't know if they're bad. Sixteen starts in four years doesn't really like I'm not sitting here and jumping up in joy. I, I look yeah. at these signings, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but the more I think about these signings, the more I think Rivera is not only sticking to what he said he was gonna do, is build this thing inside out, but I honestly think because we missed on Amari Cooper that they have shifted and said, okay, we are not going to like throw in the towel for this year, but like, this is going to be kind of a, let's see what we have and, and build depth. Now. These are all depth signings. Yes. Think about, think about those years under uh, Gruden where we were like decent, but then Trent got hurt and we were fucked because we had no offensive line depth. He's trying to build the depth of this roster. You know, we have a lot of like semi good top end talent, like McLaurin's a stud. Um, you know, Collins is pretty good. We have some people that are, you know, really good NFL players. But once you get past like 10 players, our team sucks. I mean, we went yes. 3-13 and 13 for a reason. You need you need depth in the NFL. And I think that's exactly what he's doing. Um, these are not sexy moves. These are not moves that are going to be like, oh, hell yeah. And people are freaking out because we haven't gone and signed like, I don't know. I mean, I mentioned Amari, but insert anybody else, Tom Brady or whomever. These, these are – moves to build a roster you know he's got five years he's not going anywhere this is all guaranteed money for him he's building a roster inside out in my opinion and he's starting with the depth because we missed on cooper i think this is plan b but i think it was always something that was going to happen so griffin doesn't surprise me i also looked at a few clips from uh i think his name's robbie duncan he's a uh, he used to play a d1 lineman that follows yeah. the skins he was pretty excited about him said that he probably will push moses and like we're not paying him what Moses. Moses is going to start at the end of the day, probably. But like, the dude's got no ankles. Yeah. Talking about Moses, he's not going to make it through the year. We need somebody there. And if if a guy making you know a couple million a year can go in there and just kind of hold the fort down for a little while, it's great signing. We I, he can't be worse than Jerron Christensen. He literally can't be possible. It's not possibly worse to be worse than that guy. So, I think it's a start. It's not it's not sexy. It's not awesome, but it's a start. Can I point out that you called him Cornelius Griffin again? <laughs> I'm not going to be able to shake this. It's, it's going to be stuck in my head for literally the whole time he's on our team. Because yeah, probably Cornelius Griffin was pretty good. I was going to say, yeah, Cornelius Griffin was a stud. I, I loved him. Great signing. Yeah. Um, to your point, so a couple of great points that you made. Uh, number one for the Morgan Moses thing. Let's just say in this world that Lucas or Griffin, whatever you choose to call him, works out, right? Morgan Moses is probably gone after this off season or after this season is over. He's carrying a $10 million set cap next year. And if you cut him, go save $8 million off the cap. More than likely they're going to cut him 
I mean, at best, they're going to restructure him. More than likely, they're going to cut him. So you potentially, if you hit on this pick, you have it. And as we said earlier, if you don't hit on it, he's a depth player. So great. That solves that. I love the Landon Collins point that you made because one of the things, it, it, it just vouches what I said, and you said it as eloquently as well, that if you added, like, everyone was kind of freaking out about we didn't sign Austin Hooper, the tight end, right? And, like, from someone who's watched a fair amount of the Falcons, I've always had this weird thing for Hooper. I'm not paying him $11 million a year, right? Like that's not, he's a fine tight end. He's athletic. Um, can't block for it worth a damn. He's not, but he's not, he's athletic, but he's not Travis Kelsey, right? He's not George Kittle. He's not those guys. He's good. He's probably in the, if you're talking the top 10, maybe around eight to 10 in that category. And I'm going to pay him $11 million a year. And you brought up Amari Cooper, right? Like I love Amari Cooper. I've been watching the dude since college. I've mentioned many times about my families of you know, family ties to Alabama, but it's like, I'm not paying any wide receiver short of Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to save Hopkins for another day, but like, I'm not paying those guys $22 million a year when I have a three and 13 football, a three and 13 football team. Like, why would I do that? If you, I'm not going to go trick out the carpets on my stairs. My house is a fucking dump. And I just, I don't understand why Redskins fans are like, oh, you know, we should throw in the season already because we didn't get Amari Cooper and we're not being aggressive enough. And Grant Paulson wrote something for The Athletic, which was reprehensible. Yeah, it was a dumb article. I liked it. It was a dumb like, article. He, get, he gets shit on a lot unfairly, right? But it was absolutely awful that the Redskins, like, were in a, effectively saying that we are, like, shooting ourselves in the foot because we didn't, like, sign or we weren't aggressive enough in this free agency period. I'm like, I could not disagree more, right? I'm not saying that. Yeah. We should be living in the three dollar DVD bin the whole time, but look what the mar- <laughs> good reference. You know, the, what look what the Mark Carriers and the Bruce Smiths and the Deion Sanders type splash signings did for us way back when, right? Like that's not where we're at, and I, I, I just I, I can't. So I, I will I will counter. I was I was all in on throwing money at Cooper, uh, but for probably a different reason than most probably think. I was all in for Cooper because. One, it gives Dwayne ter- another terrific receiver to throw the ball to. Uh, but mostly because um, McLaurin, uh, Sims, and Harmon, Harmon are all rookies, and they're going to be cheap for the next three years. So I was like, you know what? If we have an overspending at one place, we might as well be there because that's the cheapest position on our team right now because they're all rookies. Um, and we have Smith coming off the books next year. I was like, yeah, I might as well throw money at him. But we also did not offer him more than the Cowboys. Yeah, when you factor in taxes, and not to mention the fact it was uh, a lot of people were like, short of some team offering him two hundred million dollars, his heart was setting on resigning in Dallas. Great, go with God, go over there, right? So if you want to do that and you want to go hang out with Dak and have Dak make forty million dollars a year, so you can be a first round exit in the playoffs, go knock yourself out. Go go live with that. That's great. That's wonderful. You know, tell me how the Mike McCarthy experience works out three years from now. Um. Turn, turning to singular players who are going to make a lot of money next year, or a fair amount of money. Um, one of the, we'll start with some of the more familiar re-signings that, or signings, re-signings, however you want to phrase it, the Redskins did. Um, Brandon Scherf was probably our big move. I think it was Monday morning, maybe even Sunday. Uh, they slapped the franchise yeah. tag on him, which shouldn't surprise anyone. This is Everyone saw this coming. Um, so under the franchise tag, he's going to cost $14.78 million, which if you go by average annual value, that actually makes him the highest paid guard in the league, tied with Joe Tooney in New England, who just got the franchise tag, I think it was yesterday as well. 
I think when it all shakes out, uh, Sheriff is going to make just north of $15 million, which is just above what Zach Martin and Brandon Brooks, who are the two average annual value, highest paid contracts in the NFL right now um, at the guard position. Um, I, I'm a big Brandon Sheriff fan. I've, I've loved him since the day we drafted him. I will get into fights with any Redskins fan who says that we should transfer him to ta- or uh, shift him to tackle. I think it's an absolutely idiotic idea. Until the start of the 2019 season, I would have fought with lots of people saying Brandon Sheriff is the top three guard in the NFL. He played like certified ass for many for portions of last year. He did not deserve the Pro Bowl nomination or selection or whatever the fuck they call it that he got last year. But um, that's the way things shake out. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully expecting a long-term deal to get done with him. That's same. Um, one, I think I think Rivera has made it pretty obvious that he wants this thing done. Um, he's, I think he's, he's actually come out and said multiple times, we plan on having him here a long time. Uh, he also said the same thing about Flowers, RIP. Um, but I think Sheriff did play pretty poorly last year. I think he played better than – probably a little better. I view that he played a little better than some give him credit for. He did get penalized a lot which was fucking infuriating um, probably because he was probably trying to clean up Morgan Moses' mess, but we can leave that yes. for another day. Um, but I, I, I do think we'll get a long-term contract with him. It sucks that we had to franchise tag a guard. There's no way around it. That's like the worst position to franchise. Hadn't happened. I guess it happened twice this year, but it hadn't happened in like 10 years. It was a decade um, since Logan Mankins. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that part like sucks, but I do, I'm, fairly confident that Sheriff is, is on record saying he wasn't going to do a deal until that CBA was approved. And as of Monday, that CBA either had just been approved or hadn't been approved yet when that tag was slapped on him. Right. So I think he's been kind of wait. I think he's been waiting for this to happen, um, which uh, we need to get a long-term deal with him because I don't want to get into some like, you know, we'll tag him again next year and it's more money. And then, you know, none of this Kirk Cousins nothing. Let's get yeah. this deal done. Sure, he's worth. The, he's probably not worth. He's probably not worth that much money, but he's worth the investment, and that's that's important. You take him off our line, and our line sucks. Bum. I would counter from the investment perspective of that. That's and this is the thing I hate about free agency is that it's the going rate, right? Like his agent is going to say that he should be paid in that echelon, and that's why I said like while the optics of putting the franchise tag on him are not optimal. Um, because it hasn't been done in a decade or, or since Logan Mankins nine years ago, since the Patriots did it. But again, that's why I was referencing the 14.8 million that he's going to make. And that's kind of right. What the number is. It's not like, you know, some ridiculous number compared to like what people of his caliber make. And I think, I think 15, 16 million, what it probably will shake out to once the deal gets done. And I like you, I'm optimistic that one, it will get done Two, it should get done. Um, I have, I have less cap. I had less of a problem. Yes. I had less of a problem with the number. I'm like, that's just the going rate of business. I don't like it. I don't want to pay $15 million from the interior lineman, but that's just the way the proverbial cookie crumbles. I think in this case, yeah, I, mean, use- I mean, he's, he's the best, he's the best lineman on our team. That's the bottom line. I know Trent's still on our team, but he's not really on our team. Um, and we removed and when sure healthy, he's pretty freaking good. Um, and you know, I think it, it sucks to have to pay a guard that much, but I think we kind of have to. Um, and Rivera has stood on a table already saying we want to sign him long term. So I, I I expect the deal to get done. I don't think the deal gets done if Bruce is here. I think he hated the skins up until Bruce got fired. Um, but I do think he will stay now. So yeah, 
Sheriff was a monster in 16, 17, and 18. Like I said, 19, that was some imposter. I don't know if it was injuries. I don't know if it was just a, a bad mojo around the team. But last year was not the brand new sheriff we saw between the year he got drafted in 15, I think it was. And yeah, I just don't I, think he cared. It's entirely possible. But for a dude in a contract year, that was not – he, he was somebody else in, in, in a Brandon Sheriff jersey. But um, I, like I said, between 16, 17, and 18, and maybe even his rookie year too, like he was a beast. Just awesome. Loved watching him Trent, him and Trent run down the field and just mowing down cornerbacks oh, yeah. on, on screen passes, right? Blocking for Chris Thompson and those problem guys. Is, the problem is we only got that for like one game a year. Yeah. Because one of them was bound to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually going to jump slightly and use the guard segue down to, I think it was the second – it was the first new guy. I want to say it was the first new guy that the Redskins re-signed before the, um, right after their two re-signings. But the first new guy they brought in, I guess his last name is pronounced Schweitzer. It's Wes Schweitzer, which is another, what? who the F is that guy, right? Um, but that, yeah. I think, happened on the heels, as you reference, of Eric Flowers departing from Miami. Um, go with God. I can't hit, I can't it happened hit like you right for, after. I can't fault you for going down to South Beach. Um and I think the general consensus oh. around that is like he's going to be either a mentor to Wes Martin, last year's fourth round pick, or he's going to be the veteran band aid before Wes Martin's officially ready to take over that spot. Yeah, he, he got a little more money than I actually realized. He, he got a three year, $13 million, $13.5 million deal, which is enough to be like, mm, maybe he starts. Um, it's not enough to guarantee that he starts. So he, I think you're right, he's kind of in that fringe. Um, one thing that I think is important about him, though, from the from the signing aspect of it, is R- Rivera apparently loves players that are versatile. Yep. And he can play guard and center. I think that's a very important distinction with him. I do expect Wes Martin to start. I actually think Wes Martin played pretty well last year. He had, I think, five starts in replace of uh, uh, Scherf. And we just move him over, and those two will be the guards. But if you look at those three guys, so you have Sheriff, Ruye, and Martin. One of them, not all of them are going to play 16 games. So you need a quality player that can, that can swing between those positions. And I think that's where he comes into play. I mean, that's basically what his role – he started a lot of games for the Falcons. But if you actually look at why, he's kind of their redoubting. He just kept finding himself in starting positions. Um, <laughs> I hope he's not as bad as redoubting. But yeah. – uh, <laughs> Don't, don't but lay that type of – point is, like – yeah, yeah, but the point is, is he just found himself starting a lot of games because people were always hurt. And I think that's why we gave him, A, the money, because I don't think any other team would have paid him that much money based off what I know about him. Um, and, B, he's versatile, which is what Rivera wants. And, again, it's another middle-of-the-field signing. Yeah, it's like, it, it's like he's following a blueprint here. I'm quietly, ho- quietly holding out on Rosh Pierschbacher from last year's draft, the Alabama center, hoping he is the, the guy. Bama guy. The Bama guy. But, um, but yes, I completely agree that the versatility, let's just say Pierschbacher is not the guy. Um, that ability to be your swing. I forgot, forgot he's even on our team. But like your seventh man type of offensive lineman is, uh, is important. And given, you know, the perils of our in- offensive line staying healthy over the last few years, I, I, I think, you know, that goes without saying that we need I mean, a few years ago when we, we actually won the, we actually won the division doing this, I think, but remember when Josh Loridas was our center and he couldn't remember the snap count. Yeah. I mean, this, this things can get bad. Nick Ribb was, <laughs> that guy was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to go down that route again. You no. know, I do think we won the division with him as, as, uh, as a center. Pretty sure he ate himself out of the league, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he probably did. Yeah. Uh, All right. 
two under the radar, well, one, on, I shouldn't say under the radar, but two re-signings, kind of just touch on those real quick um, before we get to some of the new guys. John Bostic re-signed, middle linebacker for much of last season, and Nate Orchard re-signed. I, I mean, John Bostic, he, I, I think it goes without saying, you know, he was a starter for much of last year, um, had 105 tackles. That's wonderful. I think the continuity is there. The coaches really liked what he brought from a tangible standpoint. I was oddly really, really happy about the Nate Orchard re-signing. Um, I love the fact that, like, he realized he was on his last legs in terms of his NFL career in Washington, and, like, he was really genuinely grateful for, like, the organization giving him the opportunity. And I love the fact that he came here, played his ass off. He might be slightly limited in talent, but he makes up for that with effort. Um, it's well documented that he has his first game and his best game of the season in that weird win against Carolina that cost Ron Rivera his job. Um, in fact, it was one sack, two tackles for a loss, and a fumble recovery, and two quarterback hits in that one game. So, way to audition. But like, didn't I just he also make the game-winning play when they were on like the two-yard line? Believe he did. That does sound accurate to me. And um, but yeah, I just love, like you have a dude who's just willing to come in and work, and grateful for having a job, and like that old-school mentality of just like, hey, I'm coming here, and you're coming here to make sure that I could put food on my family's table. Like that's the type of dude we want to have in the locker room. So. I don't know. I, I, I was very optimistic about that one. I was very excited to see him come back. I was sad to see when people projected that he wouldn't and happy to see that they were wrong. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say too much about him. I, he did have that one amazing game. I think numbers are working against him. Yes, especially um, certain, you know who's you know, don't. Yeah, so I think the draft will be a very – I think he'll be very tuned into the draft. Um, so, ooh, the Rona, careful. Yeah, um, I have allergies, and everyone keeps. Um, they're like, "You got the run." I'm like, "I don't want." It's just fucking allergies. <laughs> um, the so I mean, he did have that amazing game. I think Rivera probably remembers him from that game. That probably helped him. Um, you know, I I think you even tweeted about him when he resigned. I think he's you know he's to your point. He's great depth. He's he you know his if he makes the team, it's going to be on special teams. Uh, he needs to he needs to figure that out pretty quickly. Um, you know, I I don't know much about him other than that one game. I couldn't even tell you how old he is. Uh, I am excited we re-signed Bostic. Um, Bostic is – I don't know if he's going to fit in the 4-3. I do worry about that because I think he was kind of dumpy in the 4-3 when he was with the Colts. Uh, but, yeah, so that worries me a little bit. But, like, I genuinely like Bostic. Dude came in and, and just balled out and uh, – you know, he's not going to, you know, he's not a huge playmaker. I don't think he forced a single fumble. I don't remember if he had an interception. But he just, he he's the kind of Ron Rivera guy to me. He just, he's in, he does his job. You know, he's a little bit of that, like, Patriots way, just do your job he's kind of guy. Player. He's going to start, you know, right away. And uh, he probably will, unfortunately, lose his job at some point because I'm, I'm kind of hoping, like, Sean Deon Hamilton or someone kind of takes that role and kind of grows into it. Um, but – with him and Davis in that locker room, which we'll get to in a second, is like that that position is full of guys who just want to work. And if if Del Rio can get her D line to live up to their potential to free those linebackers up just to do their job, I think that linebacking course sneakily might be pretty good. Not gonna like compete with the best linebacking crew in the whole league by any means. But you're looking at a at a team that, that they'll be in the right spot, they'll make they'll make the plays needed and we'll keep us a competent football team. And right now it's a lot more than what we've been. Bostic did have one interception last year. Did have one? Yes. No force levels, though, to your point. 
Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not a huge playmaker, but like, we just need guys in the right spot right now. We need to. We people need to realize we were three and thirteen last year. We need to start with like being competent. Once we figure that out, you know, we can go balls to the wall. But we suck. Let's start. Let's start with competence. I know everyone thinks that we're going to be a nine and seven, ten and six team just because we got Ron Rivera. But I think people need to really understand the roster has holes. As you said, it we've got a couple of pieces, right? Like I'm going to bring up Landon Collins that you mentioned again. Like he's a perfect example. We put an, an eighty-five million dollar contract in Landon Collins' hand, and we finish with three and thirteen season. Obviously, those two are not directly correlated to each other, but like I think that's just a microcosm of the fact that if you're going to build the roster at the top. What about everything else, right? Like, what did at the end of the day addressing addressing the strong safety position that matter actually net us? And I think that's the whole thing. Like, you have to fill out the rest of the team, and then these types of free agents, whether it's Amari Cooper, whether it's anybody else, that's just the sprinkling or the seasoning on the top. And that's just not how you build a team. You don't build a team by you you don't build a dish by starting with seasoning salt. And like, that's what Redskins fans want to do. And then when we don't, everyone freaks out. Yeah. Like, I don't know who – signing Hooper wasn't going to make us a, a playoff team. Yeah, signing Cooper wasn't going to make us a playoff team. We literally we, – we literally, so before this podcast, I tweeted out um, from a Halo District account, you know, that we were going to do this podcast. Does anyone have any questions? We will – you know, if you, anyone wants to hear two just random dudes' opinions on a question, let us know, right? And <laughs> my buddy Joe Monaco responded – uh, so, Joe, if you're listening to this shout-out, I'm actually going to talk about your question here. <laughs> uh, he's a big Tua fan, by the way. He's all in on Tua, which I disagree right with, which he knows. Um, but his question was, uh, following the first couple of days of free agency, what's your outlook on the coming season? Vegas had the Redskins with the longest odds of winning the Super Bowl next year. Do you think the odds uh, are stagnant or perhaps <laughs> even gotten longer uh, since we haven't had, signed a single player I've ever heard of? <laughs> And uh, I think the answer to that is, is they're the same uh, because we were basically just building out the back end of this uh, roster. But I think people need to realize, like, we're not going to win the Super Bowl after being 3-13. It's like, let's get to a place where, like, we can put a competitive team on the field. And if in the NFL you bounce go your way, you sneak into the playoffs. If they don't, you get a good draft pick, but you continue to build. And that's where we are. So. I don't think Bostic re-signing him moves the needle, but I think we're at least moving in the right direction with these signings is my point. Yeah. And people are going to say, well, you know, the San Francisco 49ers went to the Super Bowl after being three and 13. Great. We don't have Kyle Shanahan. All right. We don't have the pieces of the puzzle right now. It's like, we don't have Jimmy Garoppolo, right? We have Dwayne Haskins. Fine. But you know, we don't have the infrastructure they built. We don't have it quite yet. Now. They were um, also bad for a couple of years with Kyle Shanahan because they were building a team. Exactly. Right. People tend to forget about that component as well. Um, They made a lot of eyebrow raising moves in free agency and you can make the argument, how much did that work? You know, did that really work out for them? It was a lot of, you know, I don't want to attribute one player being the difference maker, but Nick Bosa was a big, pretty big addition. Now, you know, in a different alternate reality, how much does Richard Sherman really contribute to the team? Obviously he did and he was a, a piece of it, but like, as you said, they spent a lot of time building the team. Um, you alluded to two different Speaking of team building. I was going to say two different yeah, pieces that I wanted to get to. Um, you mentioned Thomas Davis. So he was one of the end free agents that they signed. And then Kevin Pierre Lewis, another truly under the radar signing, 
both at the linebacker position, again, both right along the line of scrimmage, as you've been talking about. Um, and neither, I don't know the contract numbers, I don't have them off the top of my head, but I don't think any of them are really going to call it, break the bank. And if I'm not mistaken, Davis was a one-year deal. I believe they're both one-year deals. Um, neither one of them probably will break the bank. But from what I know about this Pierre Lewis guy, apparently he's a special teams ace. Yes. He's, been, he's played, with a, played with a couple of teams, but, you know, again, this is more of a depth signing. But from what I understand, he's a stud on special teams. Um, and something – what I'm about to say is going to sound contradicting in a second. Um, but some of these signings have a lot to do with speed. And I think – because we lack speed. We've, we haven't had speed on our team in years. Um, and he's, he's kind of rangy from what I understand. He can get down the field very quickly. Um, he's not going to start. Uh, maybe maybe a spot start here and there. Uh, but our special teams have been pretty good for the last few years. In fact, they're so good that what's his name? Rivera kept whatever our special teams uh, coordinator's name is. I forget his name. Um, but any or... additional – what's up? Is this still Ben Kotwicka? No, he's uh, he left for the Jets, I think. Oh, Some guy, I can't remember his name. It's a good thing you don't know the special teams coach's name. Put it that right. way. Um, and this guy, Nate um, what's his name? Kevin. Yeah, that's his name. Kevin Pierre Lewis, the linebacker. He's he's brought in for special teams. The Davis signing, Thomas Davis. This is a hundred percent Rivera. As oh, soon yeah. as he was cut, everyone everyone was like, "Oh, he's coming to skins." And he's still pretty good. He had 110, 112 tackles. He's a little older than uh, a little older than Fletcher when we re- when we signed London Fletcher for the first time. Um, you know, he's not going to be able to cover. Kelsey in the in the open field, right? He's yes. he's definitely slower than he was, but talk about a guy who's going to come in and be like, "This is how you this is how you run a business. This is how you establish a culture." He's going to be Rivera's lieutenant, um, and he's going to start right away and probably have a hundred plus tackles. First thing I said in my notes, he's also crazy. Writing it down was he's the player coach, right? Like he's the on field player coach. Yeah. He's a totally extension of Ron Rivera on the field. Um, I think he's an interesting piece because both – so Pierre Lewis, I echo everything you said, special teams maven. Um, the big knock on him is the fact that he's only 230 pounds for a linebacker, which is on slightly on the underside, um, slightly on the undersized um, part of the, of the range. But I think that allows that, – that goes to speak to his speed and his ranginess and all of that type of stuff. And he's going to be a depth piece along with guys like Sean Dion Hamilton and Josh Harvey Clemens and whatever we get out of Ruben Foster. Although I actually do think Ruben Foster doesn't come back, but that's just me. And I think Thomas Davis. You can't feel his foot. Exactly. Right. And I think Thomas Davis is going to be another player that he might in perfect world. If this was 10 years ago, he is the will linebacker. No questions asked. And maybe he starts there and keeps the spot warm for Cole Holcomb, assuming Holcomb is the middle line, uh, the, the will linebacker, not like the middle, the middle linebacker. However, that shakes out. I mean, that's obviously going to come down tra- on training camp, but um, Davis also has the ability that like he can slide over to the Sam in the four, three in faster packages or like in third down style packages. And I think he, because he is so smart, experienced, and he's so well-studied, he can kind of slip into any role, even if he's not a perfect fit for it. And I think Pierre Lewis, I mean, I don't expect much outside of special teams. Love it from a special teams perspective. But in the worst case scenario, he's a dime linebacker too. So, you know, they're pieces. They're just, it might be pawns. Yeah, I think, I think what you just said is true for, true for a lot of these signings. None of these signings really have any risk. Um, the only risk really is that, like the whole team dies and these guys have to all have to start at the same time. 
Um, these guys are all, you know, 50 to 50, 40 to 53 on the, on the roster. Um, with the exception of probably Davis, who will come in and probably start right away. But for one year, he probably retires and becomes a quality, you know, quality control coach next year yep. for, for Rivera. Um, so I'm, I'm actually really excited about Davis. I remember watching him in the Super Bowl that year he had when he was an all-pro. I mean, this guy, this guy was a stud. He's also, I mentioned, he's kind of crazy. He's torn his ACL three times. Yes. And he played in the Super Bowl with like a broken arm. The dude's kind of nuts. He's, he's got a little hockey in him. Yes. Well, that's uh, the type of dude you want. But like, that is the kind of dude we want because <laughs> you, you, with our history past, he would basically he would have kept playing with our old training staff. Um, so hopefully the guys that have been here who have kind of always been hurt were like, oh, hell, this guy did all this and he's still playing. Exactly. Then, then I'll keep playing, which is a bad stereotype these days. I get it, but, like, we need players to freaking be on the field. Exactly. I mean, we, we do probably have a lot of – there might be some some – sect of players who are probably you know milking an injury but then again if you played for a decrepit organization as they were last year you want wouldn't want to risk your livelihood that much to play for you know bruce allen um okay the one contradiction do we have to your to your uh, building the team from the line out is they obviously did add two dbs to the team uh, one of which would probably be the headline signing and we can go ahead and do there a start there rather so kendall fuller um, a name every Redskins fan over the last several years should be familiar with, right? Virginia Tech alum like myself should be familiar with. Um, he came back. It's funny. I was just thinking about this, that when we, me and Dash, the emergency pod the night the Redskins traded for Alex Smith. I don't even know when that is now, 2018. I, met, I think it was. Uh, yeah, January 2018, February 2018. What a terrible trade. And like it was literally coming out at that time that Kendall Fuller was the player to be named and we were we were both pissed because we we're like Kendall Fuller was coming off a rookie season in which, if I'm not mistaken, pro football focus ranked him as the number one slot cornerback in the NFL by the end of the year. And then you trade a slot cornerback one to a slot cornerback who's ranked that highly by some scouting service taken for what they're worth. Um, and the, going back to my primary point, I've always, one of my big soapbox in the NFL is that slot corner is the position that is one of the most important positions in the team that people, that the common fan doesn't realize because of the versatility and the way teams hide the receivers inside. Um, you need somebody who's going to do that. Otherwise they're going to, you know, if they try to match you up on a bad slot corner, that's where mismatches take come out from. And um, one of the things they talked about even when he was coming from Kansas city is the fact that he didn't play a ton of slot corner because they found out he was smart and versatile enough to where they can move him all over. Like they played him on the outside. They played him on inside. They played him, you know, they, they, in fact, if I'm not mistaken in the super bowl because of Kansas city's, excuse me, because of uh, all the, the looks that Kyle Shanahan was going to give them, they played him at free safety. So that kind of speaks to his, again, football IQ, his versatility and all that stuff. But is a long ass winded way of saying welcome back. And I love it. And this was a great signing um, $10 million a year going great. It is what it is. But um, considering the need we had the cornerback position, love that, love the acquisition. I think, I mean, I'm going to put my Redskin shades on here for a second. So these, this is definitely going to be burgundy and gold love everywhere. But like, I think it's one of the best signings in the whole week. Um, we didn't have to shell out at, at outrageous money for for Jones and uh, was it Brandonberry? I don't think Brandonberry is actually that good, but he was connected to Rivera, so we all kind of assumed that would happen. Um, I, You're right. I was pissed when we traded Fuller. He was like the one – we don't have a lot of, quote, blue-chip talent, right? 
So when any time we have a player that and Fuller is not a blue chip talent, by the way, but he is, he's a talent. And when you have a team where like you don't have a lot of talent and he's young and he's under control for two more years, very cheap. And you trade him for an aging quarterback. Like I was pissed. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I know everything that's happened with Smith makes it, you know, kind of hard to talk about, but like, regardless of what happened, that was a bad trade. Even when we were six and three and we were just like putting band-aids everywhere to keep this thing from falling apart. Uh, you, you don't trade a young player with two years under control. Who's arguably the best stock corner in the league for a quarterback. That's going to be okay. Yeah. It's a FU move because they didn't want to sign Kurt. Like we all know that. Yeah. So stupid, but he is back. He's in four years at 40 million. Uh, I think it's a reasonable contract to your point. He can play kind of everywhere. Um, with the way the team is shaping up, and I think this is yeah, a moving target a little bit, so I don't know what's going to happen with Dunbar. Um, he clearly is like, get me the fuck out of here. Yes. Uh, but right now you have you have Moreau on the outside and you have uh, Dunbar on the outside. That brings Fuller into the slot where he's comfortable. And some people pointed that he had kind of he struggled last year a little bit in KC, but to your point, he played all over the place in, in KC. He didn't have a set position. Um, so I think now he's coming home and being back in that slot. He was also the highest rated player uh, in the Super Bowl. He also had the game ceiling pick in the Super Bowl. Like, I think this signing's a home run. Like, I, I, I just, I'm so pumped he's back. I'm like kind of hoping Breland comes back now, too. Let's just, let's get the whole let's, game. Let's bring the game back together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring them all in. Now that, now that Norman's gone, Breland, Breland will come back. Breland hated Norman. Um, so I'm pumped about this signing. The other, the other signing is, uh, which I'm low-key kind of excited about. I've read, a, a, mostly because I've been reading a lot about him. Uh, and Bullock from The Athletic just did a breakdown of him. Is Sean yep. Davis. Yep. Um, so he's coming in to play free safety. This dude is a freak athlete. Yep. Um, he's the kind of guy that was a – he's a Terp, which I hate. I might hate the Terps more than Virginia Tech. Um, actually, I, I'm pretty, I kinda, I'm pretty I kinda, positive. I kind of hate the Terps too. I always have. I just – yeah. It's I mostly because my, my Maryland my, – all my friends who are Maryland fans used to talk shit about how Maryland was a better football program than Virginia Tech when we were in college. And I'm like, you're the stupidest idiots I've ever, I could ever think of. They had, they, they, they had like two good years under Ralph Regan. And exactly. They, they're a dumpy. And they're still they're trading on those two um, um, But – so basically this guy was a third or fourth round pick. But his, his pro day or the um, – not the pro day, the uh, combine – he was like such a freak athlete that he jumped all the way up to a mid round, second round pick from the Steelers. Um, and he played out of position for them for a while. He played at corner. They had him at strong safety for a little while. Um, finally he found a quote unquote home at free safety, but he eventually got hurt and basically all his value disappeared because they went traded for uh Minka Fitzpatrick. Kind of worked out. So from from yeah, it did. From what I understand, this guy not only is a freak athlete, he's very rangy, which is what we need. We need someone to play center field um, because Collins that allows Collins to be in his natural position up near the line where he's a stud. I do worry about his tackling. I've read like four different articles about this guy can't tackle anything. Um, so I think Rivera and hopefully someone gets in his head about that. But it's only a one-year deal. This is this is a diamond in the rough. We know you can do it. Now figure it out type signing. Uh, he's only like 26. Maybe he might even be younger than that. I think he's, he's got four years. He played the Steelers. So I'm very excited about him. I, he, he could end up sucking. There's, this is 100% a boomer bust one-year deal. 
Um, and I really wish we'd gone to guy like Carl Joseph or someone, but we did it. This is who we got. And uh, um, let's just say I am cautiously excited about it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it's my least favorite signing of the group. Uh, just Ooh, there we go. Yeah, right out of the gate, right? And the reason why I don't disagree with anything you said from an analysis standpoint, from a scouting standpoint, um, all of the above. I completely agree with everything you said about him being kind of moved around in Pittsburgh, never really finding a home. Um, and then right when he was about to find a home, he tore his labrum out for the season. Steelers found, got Minka Fitzpatrick, and the rest of this is history. Um, Sean Davis smells like Monte Nicholson 2.0. And we all love Monte Nicholson rookie year. Well, as long as he doesn't go to jail, we'll be all right. Exactly. That off the field stuff notwithstanding. But it's just, <laughs> uh, best way to put it, looks like Tarzan, you know. Plays like Jane. Has the IQ of Tarzan kind of player, right? Like, He's athletic. He's rocked up. He's got all the stuff. I mean, all the physical tools you want. He was a round three, round four type of prospect. Steelers, I think, reached on him and took him in round two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was um, the 51st overall pick. Yeah, right. So there you go. So it was a second round pick. But um, I, it, it's exactly what you said. Like, it's two things. Number one, way too many weird tackles, way too many or weird mistackles. Oh, he sucks at tackling. Weird angles. Um, football IQ doesn't match the athleticism. Like I, I have screamed for years that if there's a position that the Redskins need more than anything else, since Sean Taylor, God rest his soul, has been, was with us as a center field free safety. He has the tools to play it. So did Monte. I don't know if he has the IQ to play that position. Um, I think that's, that's, yeah. I mean, that just sums it up for me. Yeah. I was, I was kind of hoping we would throw money at this position because we already have Collins. So I think if we added someone, um, I mentioned Carl jo- uh, Joseph earlier. Carl I kind of wish we'd gone guy. after him or somebody. He's my guy. Yeah. I think, I he, I think he ended up with the Browns. Yep. Um, this is a position I was hoping we'd throw money at, but obviously this is – I think this is the signing where I've said in the very beginning, I think Rivera's trying to figure out his roster. You know, I think he knows he's got a lot of talent at the top end, but he's trying to figure out plug holes where he can. And I think this is exactly what it is. It's a one-year deal. It's like $5 million, I think, max. Um, this dude's getting pennies on a dollar to reestablish his value. So he's going to be very bought in. Um, so that's why I'm cautiously optimistic, but you are right. From what I've read, the dude just like can't tackle anybody. <laughs> yeah. I uh, mean, I, it, you, you alluded to it, but like he's on a, it's a one year deal. It's basically prove it for him. Like you're coming back home, you know? Um, and, oh, the other thing I was going to say is like, you should always take everything, every team's fans, including Redskins fans, including us, to say with a grain of salt. But, like, the fact that nobody in Pittsburgh was sad to see this dude leave, it's a little bit of a red flag, right? Like, nobody no, you read. I didn't, even know, I, didn't even, I didn't even, I mean, this, this is about 95% of our soundings, the only 5% being Kendall Fuller. I don't know who any of these dudes are. Yeah. So, actually, using <laughs> that, I mean, J.D. McKissick. We is opened probably, up talking about Cornelius Lucas. Uh, Cornelius who the Griffin, hell is that guy? Yeah. Um, I, I, I wouldn't know him from Cornelius Griffin, to be completely honest with you, like saying that. But J.D. McKissick, while I loved Chris Thompson and fully recognized that McKissick is the Thompson replacement, oh, um, I, I actually quietly right. thought this was a nice under-the-radar signing just because, one, he provides that element back into the um, pass-catching backfield or into the backfield with Darius guys and Adrian Peterson. We know, based off history, that Rivera's probably going to use more of a one-two punch at running back, but he's not afraid to go to guy number three or like give that guy some reps based off the history that he's had over the last X number of years in Carolina. Um, 
McKissick is one of those guys where, I mean, you could say the same thing about Thompson, that when he's on the field, he's a very versatile weapon. Um, Samuel Gold of The Athletic, he covers the Seahawks, but he's actually a huge Redskins fan. I think he's a UVA guy too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was very positive about him. He does really good film breakdowns and said the same thing. Like, you know, he can be a slot mismatch position. He can line up in the backfield. Can't block worth a damn. So he's obviously going to be a passing, uh, passing situation type of guy. Um, but over the last two seasons, McKissick has caught at least 32 passes over the course of the year. So that's two per game, which I get is not, I get is not exciting, but. For a running back who's down the field a lot, that's a lot. Exactly. Right. If you want to look at usage rate from that perspective, there you go. Um, so I kind of like this one. I, again, I'm not saying he's Christian McCaffrey, but, uh, you know, I, I think from a um, low risk type of perspective, you know, you could do a lot worse and all things considered, I would love to see a healthy Chris Thompson, back in the fold and being the same guy that he was in 2017 or 18, whenever he was a beast. But unfortunately, I think because of the wear and tear that Man, Chris Thompson, so good that one year that Chris Thompson is never going to come back. And I've resigned myself to that. Yeah. I mean, Thompson, Thompson's broken his back. He's torn his ACL multiple times. He's ripped up his knee and different other time. I think he tore ACL at some point. Um, you know, he, I love Chris Thompson, yeah. but you know, as, let's, even when he was healthy, we didn't win. You know, it's it's not like he was some cornerstone beast. Um, I too like. I mean, I like. And let's be real. Right now, there's no sports on. I like everything we do. Um, I'm, I'm I'm very much in the honeymoon stage. Uh, the the McKissick signing streams like a Scott Turner signing. Um, and what I mean by that is his offense like really relies on running backs to catch the ball in the backfield, just like tight ends. Um, and I think Geis, we don't know what's going to happen with him, right? Unfortunately. He's, he's been on the field for two games. Um, you have AP, who's not a pass catcher. He caught a few passes last year, but, like, he's not catching the ball in the backfield. Um, that's my biggest pet peeve of Peterson's, by the way. It's basically eye formation. Here you go. Um, but I think he's awesome. He's insurance because we have to figure out who Bryce Love is. You didn't mention that. To me, I think this is what the signing is. So I think they see a guy who can – he can move. You, you look, at a, look at some of Bullock's breakdowns from the Lions when he's on the Lions. This guy in an open field is scary. He can move. Uh, and he – My hypothesis, Doug. Yes. We're back into – Yeah. Back in the speakerphone here. Um, but, the, you know, I think he, he provides a ton of depth. Uh, you, have, you have three running backs ahead of him, 135, two. We have no idea if they can stay in the field. Um, and Scott Turner needs somebody to come out of the backfield uh, to, to catch passes, and that's, that's who this guy's going to be. And to your point, I think you're going to see a lot of looks with him in the slot, get a linebacker on him, let him move around, Darren Sproul style when he was with, uh, well, I guess, his entire NFL career. Not comparing him to Darren Sproul to the record, just saying that's the type of role I expect him to have. Uh, so I'm excited about him. I mean, he can move. And when Thompson was healthy, he was a stud. So if he can figure out that role for us, I'm all in. Yeah. And I mean, obvious passing situation guy, maybe he'll get some draw plays or whatever, but like, um, you know, he's a piece and you touched on Bryce Love, which I, you know, I forgot to mention, but I'm, I'm very, very bullish on Bryce Love, on Bryce Love. Um, I, you know, a year off the ACL, I hope we start to see the same guy who we saw his junior year at Stanford, the year where you had brand for like 2000 plus yards or whatever. Um, I still think he's our ace in the hole. Um, I think he's kind of an heir apparent to be the one-two punch along with Darius Geis, hoping Geis can stay healthy. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess McKissick is one of those guys where he was very good uh, for, I think it was a couple of years when he stayed healthy or when he was on the field in Seattle. He had the cup of coffee in Detroit last year. Detroit's a shit show. Matt Patricia has no idea what he's doing. Um, he writes with pencil on laminated paper. So that says enough. Um, so I don't really fault him for anything last year, although he did catch two passes in the game last year for what it's worth. The, um, if you, if you watch, there's a good presser from T Carroll when he's on the Seahawks and Carroll just praises him for like five minutes. Um, so a lot of people like this guy works really hard. I, I, I go back to, this is a Scott Turner signing. You can I do a lot worse. Exactly what it is. Yep. Yeah. And then from um, a new, I think our last, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say our last, our last signing, I think, I think this rounds it out. Yep. Is your boy, my boy, um, your boy from Vatech, Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas, did you know this man. Dude, did you know this guy was the number one recruited recruited tight end for a little while before he switched to uh, quarterback? I, I did not. I did not realize that, but like in the country, I he could he could throw the ball a legit country mile. Where it ended up is anybody's guess, man. But like that guy had one of the strongest arms I've seen in quite some time. And I know that has nothing to do with him being a tight end, but I just wanted to put them out there. But like, I remember the two or three years that he started at Tech and just watching him like, he's a, he's an excellent athlete. Um, he's big, but he doesn't, you know, move like, like a hulking player or whatever. Like he's graceful at his size. Um, I thought the move to tight end in the NFL was completely normal or like completely, um, like you could have seen that coming. And um, I think that he's just so new to the position that like, granted he might be however old he is. I don't know his exact age at the moment, but like he's still young in football years in terms of like his experience and all of those things. And um, I think if nothing else, whatever he brings to the type uh, to the table, tight end is such a glaring position of need that like it's better than anything we have right now. Cause I can't sell my stock on G- in Jeremy Sprinkle fast enough. I think Jeremy Sprinkle is the worst player on the team. Um, there you go. The so I, yeah, I don't know much about Thomas. I remember him at Tech, obviously playing quarterback. Um, I think he made this. I think he actually tried to be a quarterback in the league with he the did. Cardinals for a while, and then eventually made the switch. Um, this is the signing that I saw on Twitter where people were like, "Enough is enough." Who the hell is this guy? Um, you know, he, he's not going to be our starter week one. I don't, I bet you we draft somebody that will start over him. This is just a guy who one can be a very athletic and durable body in camp. And two, he's got so much raw talent and raw like athleticism that if like the offense can figure out a way to utilize him, you all of a sudden have a, well, I don't know how big he's like six, five, two sixty. He's, he's like legit six 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 seven that in that weight. He's a monster physically, and again, yeah, he's, he's not like he doesn't run like he's a, a brick house. Like he runs really gracefully. Dude, Tech used to put him out a wide receiver for yes. plays and like just lob the ball to him. So you know, I think people need to calm down with this signing. Um, he is a depth player. He will probably never be our starter, but like let's just say that. And I don't know. I have no idea what his contract is with us right now. But let's just say that he comes in and like semi figures it out, finds his way onto the field. There is nothing wrong with having a second tight end that can move like him. Um, and look at the look, look at what the Eagles have done to us for years. They have lined up Ertz and 
and whoever their other tight end is, I always forget. Dallas him. Goddard's a monster. Like, I've been saying it for years. He, that dude's a breakout candidate. Yeah, wouldn't happen. They kill us. They kill us with two athletic tight ends. Not to mention, I mentioned uh, McKissick being kind of a Scott Turner signing because he wants pass catching um, running backs. Tight ends like the most important position on the field for him. So we need athletes at that position. And I'm we need two, and we got end. none. Yeah, I mean, we got Jeremy Sprinkle, who is the worst tight end in the entire football. Um, so, like, to your point, I, he can't be worse. And the upside is immense. Like, his upside is huge. I don't think he'll ever tap that. I think it's too late for that. Um, but I'm at least interested just because, you know, I remember him at Tech. I, I know how athletic he is. And uh, people forget his his one touchdown last year was actually against us uh, when he was playing to the Lions. Um, so I'm excited about him. You know, I don't think he's going to, he's not going to go to the pro bowl or anything, but like we got to do something with that tight end position. And if they're taking a flyer and a low end guy like that, then we got to start somewhere. In the worst case scenario, he's the third tight end and you can do a lot worse. Yeah. Right. We, we dra- we're going to draft two tight ends. Yeah. You know, and you touched on that. And I think that's an excellent point. Like, the tight end class is duty this year from a top end perspective. But if you look from round, if you, if you're looking at the tight end position from the perspective of pick 50 to 175, there's a bunch of players who could turn out to be players, not to be redundant about it. Right. But there's a bunch of dudes who could have legitimate careers in the NFL. In fact, I would count, there's probably 10 guys who could be at worst your second tight end and maybe a low end to mid end type of tight end one in the NFL. I mean, shit. And I think he got a little overblown in the national championship game, but like a dude like Thaddeus Moss is somebody you pick in the third or fourth round. You know, I, I get the last name and I get the lineage. He's not a top 30 or even top 50 type of talent. I don't think in my perspective, but like you get that guy on day th- early day three of the draft and you've done fine. And sure. he could, he could be a top, seven to 10 tight end in the NFL, maybe top 12, and you're doing fine. Again, it's better than yeah, I was looking right at. Now. I was looking at, Thaddeus Moss is projected to go in like the seventh round. Uh, I think he falls in to your three point, or four once it's, once it's all said and done. Well, he's got his name. His pedigree alone will probably exactly in the fourth round. Um, but, he, I mean, he was – he was pretty damn good at LSU. He was all over the field. I don't, I don't think he's like athletic enough to, to turn heads by anyone, by any means, but he, he catches the ball, which is more than Sprinkle can do. <laughs> he's so bad. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to draft, we're definitely going to draft one. I, if we don't draft a tight end, I'll be stunned. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we either draft one and go sign someone like Delani Walker, um, who is 35 and kind of older, but maybe we throw like a one year. Yeah, yeah. For me, just throw him a one year, do us a solid kind of deal. You're not getting paid anywhere else. Um, I don't want Ebron. I'm out on Ebron. Oh, 100% agree. 100% uh, agree. No, I want nothing to do with that guy. That guy couldn't catch his baby if the baby's life depended on it. Like, I'm sorry. Ebron's a wonderful, wonderful athlete. Can't catch for shit. Um, so, yeah. But back to your boy, Thomas. I'm, I mean – it just can't be like our tight end position. So don't be, it can't be worse. That's basically how I look at it. Not going to make a Super Bowl team or a playoff team, but who knows? Maybe he figures it out and goes for 20 catches. That'd be pretty awesome. I would take that. Um, and I think that segues into like, okay, from everything they've done so far, like what are the positions that are remaining? Like we've, we've given tight end it's, it's moment in the sun. Um, you know, I, I, 
we talked about it that this this offense is going to need their the tight end position to to exist frankly speaking because and it, that's attributed to the fact that like they chased greg olson right when that first came out they chased austin hooper to a certain extent or at least they were tied to him you you, you touched on the fact that they were um at least sniffing around on delaney walker so um you know i i think that exists i do think some pick in the draft will be used on him. Uh, I think Redskins fans need to get off the dick of David Njoku because that's not going to happen. Um, Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland wants to use two tight ends as well, so he's not going to trade away David Njoku, so they need to um, stop fiending over him because that's not a thing. But I, I think that's one of the – so tight end, I would say, is probably position number two or number three in terms of the still glaring red flags, but um, – we touched, touched on a little earlier. To my perspective, I think wide receiver is still the number one team need on this on the on, at the moment. And I know that might contradict what I said about Amari Cooper. Um, I, I think wide receiver one specifically, a stud wide receiver, is our uh, is our top need, or somebody who can take the pressure off of Terry McLaurin. I just I'm, I wasn't going to buy that Florida guy will cost twenty two million dollars next year and potentially twenty eight to thirty million dollars in the third year. That's quarterback money. Yeah. I mean, wide receivers, another position Rivera said he wants to upgrade. Um, I just don't really know how we're going to upgrade it. That's uh, the problem. I mean, we could trade, we could trade, you know, we could trade for Brandon Cooks. Uh, Who is had, untradeable right uh, now. Thousand, like, yeah, he's had three 1,000 yard receivers, or three 1,000 yard seasons for three different teams. Clearly not a guy teams want around. You can't even uh, get the Bill O'Brien ham sandwich in return for Brandon Cooks right now. We should have traded. We should have traded, freaking Trent for talking straight up. Uh, uh, what I don't think anybody would realize that that deal was on the table. Otherwise, people would have lowballed the shit out of O'Brien to get Hopkins. Because my God. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know who is out there to. I mean, right now we still have Trey Quinn as our fourth receiver, and that's yes. just bad news bears. Yes. Um, so I don't. I, I just there's not a lot out there. That's the problem. Um, I couldn't even tell you who some of the wide receivers in free agency are. Uh, Robbie uh, Anderson is the headliner in terms of what's available. To the Jets some, guy? Yeah. And like he wants to come to the Jets. The Jets want him to come back. They're just playing footsie with each other until they can get the right deal. There was somebody else I was looking and I'm like, that's not a bad player. Let me see if I can find the list again. Of, um, but I was like, there's one or two guys where I'm like, I would take a flyer on him. Like, I think he could provide something. I mean, I'll take a flyer on anyone just so Trey Quinn doesn't see the field. Uh, so, oh, so the the guy who I popped in, I was like, I thought he could provide something again with the caveat being the right price. If you're going to throw money at the wide receiver position, my thought was you might as well take a swing at Emmanuel Sanders. Recognizing Sanders is 32. He came off an Achilles, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he contributed heavily yeah. last year. He, uh, San Francisco decided to part ways with him, but he's another grown up in the room, been there, done that, you know, savvy route runner type of guy who could, um, be the, uh, like I said, the old man in the room for the young wide receivers we have. Um, uh, some Redskins fans have kind of... I've always, yeah, I've always liked Sanders. I've always been a fan of his, or like I've, I've never been in, uh, against him. I think he's been a fine player. Um, some Redskins fans have tossed out the idea of Devin Funches, and I think that train has sailed. Like, he's too much of a tweener. He's not a tight end. He's not a receiver. Like, He's had one good year. I think he had seven touchdowns without one year in Carolina, which I believe why people are kind of tying him to this organization. But yeah, there's not a lot. It, it's pretty slim pickings at the position. It's a bear market. There's not a lot out there. The only, the only player out there was Cooper, and we went all in 
just, like, you know, lost. Philip, Philip Dorsett, no thank you. That was a bad pick from day one. Brashad Perriman, God, no. That guy couldn't catch a cold. That guy couldn't catch coronavirus if he ran outside and licked everybody, man. Like, he, he's... He's terrible. So that's not going to happen. So it's, that's the problem. Like, okay, that's the counter to me saying we shouldn't assign Amari Cooper. Then the question is, so you want to roll with the status quo or what's left? I think this is kind of a sums up who the Redskins are right now, though, is like a lot of these signings are depth signings that we've had. And because there is no one like that we could go sign that's going to change our team. Cooper probably would have changed our offense, right? It would have made our offense much better. Um, but I don't think any of these big signings would have made us that much better. So instead we're just kind of building that back in. Uh, I did really want us to go after the cornerback market a little harder. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, we could still do it as of right now. We still, I think should go after it. Cause like, if you look at it from, there's not a lot left the in that, of, that bucket either. That's the problem. There's not, but you have a corner, like Trey Dunbar for something. Like he doesn't want to be here. He's only $3 mm. million. Dollars. He wants to restructure the contract. Just put him out there and be like, who wants him? And see what you can get back from him. Um, hopefully another corner. Or trade Trent to the Chargers and, like, load up on some draft picks so you can address it. Yeah. Um, I'm I, think, I think the quarterback position is – our quarterback position is a low-key problem that nobody's really talking about it because we signed Fuller and everyone's like, oh, look, look, look what we have. Like, one, we have no depth in that position. None. And two, Dunbar doesn't even want to be here. So, like, I, it's a problem. Uh, two things. Number one, the trade for Trent, which we'll talk about momentarily. Um, if we get, like, let's, I know the Redskins are holding out for a second. I don't think they're going to get a second, but let's just say for the sake of argument, they get, like, I, I wrote about this. I think I posted something somewhere about, I would be completely fine with getting a couple of threes for Trent Williams. Cause unfortunately that's just the world we live in right now in a, to put a bow on the wide receiver topic or the wide receiver um, conversational topic is that uh this draft legitimately has 15 wide receivers that you could probably draft in the top hundred, like legitimately no stretch. Right. So meaning you could probably get two of them in the third round. Right. So why not try to do that and hope, I know it's a false hope, but hope you get another Terry McLaurin again. And at that point, try to address it that way or use to the current topic, you know, for use it for on the cornerback spot. Um, So you said it. And I think, assuming Dunny is gone, even with Fuller behind him, you've got Moreau, which you touched on Jimmy Moreland and Greg Stroman. Like, wow, that's, that is scary, especially if one of them go down. And um, that's why I was encouraged. Well, there's a couple interesting uh, components. I think uh, I can't remember where I read it, but somebody said that the Redskins were going to at least initially stick their toe in the Byron Jones water but then eventually they decided whatever money it would cost to sign him, they would rather use that to try to woo Amari Cooper. Obviously, Byron Jones got what, got what he got. I think it averaged out to be 16 or 17 a year. Um, 17 mil. It was interesting to see that they were not players for James Bradbury because everyone made that connection, but they, they I don't even think they, like... Again, I don't think, I, I think Rivera knows them, and I, I like, time came out and said that straight up, we weren't as interested in them as people... People thought people, we were. Yeah, I think I think Rivera knows him, and it like was like you know what he's not worth the investment. Uh, I was excited as a reclamation project because I thought he had gas left in the tank on Desmond Trufant from Atlanta. Um, and then there was some, I can't remember, I think it was Yahoo Sports, somebody, I think it was Josie Anderson, maybe somebody, uh, tweeted that there was a connection of the Redskins were interested in him, but he signed like immediately with Detroit 
when in Detroit, obviously went traded. For not a lot of money. No, it wasn't a lot, but then they traded big play slay to um, Philadelphia, which was awful, awful, awful. If you're a Redskins fan, Uh, Matt, Patricia is another one of those guys where like the team he's like kind of he's kind of playing the Chip Kelly mold. He's like, oh, you're good. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want you. And that's what he's doing, you know, over there in Detroit. So um, that's going to come back to bite them, especially when they use the top three pick on a cornerback when they could have just kept Darius Slay. Um, but yeah, hey, they can trade. They can trade up with us. Yeah, give us um, give us a third draft to a. We'll still take Chase. But. <laughs> To your, what I was saying earlier, like I, I was looking at the best available cornerbacks, and it's like Eli Apple, no thank you. I don't want him or his no. mother here. And then uh, Logan Ryan, who's looking for like, who's publicly said, I'm like, I want 10 plus a year. And I'm like, yeah, not for you, bro. Like, that's yeah. Crazy. Logan Ryan's the kind of guy you wait out. Uh, right. He's, he's pretty good. But if we, if we wait him out and all of a sudden he's taking a $7 million deal, like, why not? Yeah, then we can have the conversation for sure. But yes, that's I think. The, that's the, that's, I think it's interesting when we're looking at our free agency and we're talking about like, well, who are we going to sign a receiver? Who are we going to, you know, how do we build depth within these cornerback positions? A lot of these players sign so quickly that the free agent market, you know, dries up pretty quickly. It dried up real point, fast. You, yeah. And I think it's interesting that we still have like $40 million, $35 million in the tank. And that's before we restructure Kerrigan, which is going to happen. That's before we trade Trent, which is, Let's just go say it's ninety five percent chance it happens. That right there alone is like twenty million dollars. Um, not to mention next year we lose Alex Smith. Smith. So that is forty million additional dollars that are sitting there ready to come off the books. And that's when they can um, really blow their load when, you know, after another year of kind yeah. of putting the you know, putting cement down the foundation of this team. Yeah, and Rivera will know what his team is and then I think we go I think we go ham after some players. Um, we are gonna have to resign Jonathan Allen's yeah. coming up. Eventually, Deron Payne will probably come up. And then, I mean, way, way, way down the road, is way putting the cart ahead of the horse. You have to talk about guys like McLaurin, yes, but even uh, more importantly, Dwayne Haskins. But it's putting the cart way ahead of the horse. Um, yeah. We talked Regardless, about left tackle. We should, like, next year, we should have a ton of money. Yes. And especially if the Trent Williams situation is resolved and he leaves. Um, one position we talked touched on a little bit, left tackle, I think we've covered it, but it, that's still a major position of need, especially if Donald Penn is not coming back, which it appears that he's not. Um, or if he is, he's probably somebody we signed in July. But um, free safety, I think, is another position. I think, like I said, we talked about a little bit, that like that's still a big You're issue a right John now. Huh? Yeah, I was a big, big time. Um, like a lot of another ex-Panther guy that like every, the Redskins, every, Redskins fans just assumed was going to come here was Trey Boston. And he re-upped, he re-upped with the Panthers, so like he's staying there. We touched on Carl Joseph. I really think Carl Joseph. I really thought Carl Joseph rather was going to come here because Jack Del Rio was the guy who drafted him, or was part of the organization that drafted him back in fifteen or sixteen um, when he came out of West Virginia. Love that dude. Um, but Demarius Randall is still the guy that I'm holding, holding out hope for. He's the one free agent that I'm like, okay, if the Reds can sign him, I feel better. It doesn't solve a ton Ooh. of need. Demarius Randall is a free safety. Played in Green Bay for quite yeah. some time. He's been with the Browns a couple of years. Cornerback uh, safety hybrid. Um, banged up last year, but like I really, I, I really like him. Um, he has the instincts. He's an instinctual guy. He's a playmaker. Not the best tackler in the world, but I'm not looking for that for my free safety. Uh, I just want a center field type of guy, and I, I, I've always liked his game, and he'd be someone I'd be excited to acquire, who is still available. 
he was a first round pick, I believe, he was a uh, back in like 15 or 16. A little while ago, but um, yeah, in that range. Yeah, he's been on the Browns. Isn't he a Brown guy? Two years ago. He was in Cleveland the last two years, and prior to that, I was with the Packers for a few years, and I never understood why the Packers got rid of him. I think it was injuries, but um, I can't remember exactly what it was. But, yes, he was with the I mean, for quite some time. I'm going to call a spade a spade here. You, you have been obsessed with this position for as long as I've known you. Yes. This and, is accurate. Uh, yeah, and it, it, it's true. We haven't had – I mean, I just think about like people like Bakari Rambo, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Um, I'm the last you know, stand of Bakari Rambo that still stands. <laughs> the only, like, I remember that game Nicholson had, Monte Nicholson had against the Raiders, and we were like, oh, my God, we found a free safety. I think that game shows how desperate we are for a free safety because, like, literally had one good game, and now all of us are clinging to hope that's who he is. Um, you know, we need depth here. I, again, that's why I think the Davis signing was interesting just because, like, he could be theoretically good. But – you know, someone like Demarius Randall, we need more than just one guy back there. Oh, um, yeah. Especially given his – And not draft a guy who from who's – the, who's the guy we drafted from Boise State? Was it Philip Thomas? Uh, who's like just never even once saw the field? I mean, like, I think that was How long ago was it? He was drafted alongside Bakari Rambo. I want to say his name was Philip Thomas. He had like foot, foot problems. Fresno, Fresno State, Philip Thomas. Yes. Fresno. So that draft, that was the Emerson, Philip Thomas, Bakari Rambo draft. That was 13. That, that, was, the, that was the Pearl Harbor draft. Or because everyone bombed the oh shit out of um, More of the story is, is like, I understand your disdain for this position because we just have never had anybody remotely good in it. Uh, I mean, going back to my boy Reed Dowdy, that dude played for us for like five years. And he shouldn't have. Like, he was terrible. Um, so, and I think he was deaf, not to say that's a bad thing, but, like, this dude should not have been playing in the National Football League. Um, so, I think you're right. I think we do need to go do that. I don't know. I don't even know if we're rumored to, to Demarius Randall. Buddy yeah, Mike there's a, somebody, somebody tweeted about it. I can't remember. It was it was an off-the-beaten-path reporter, I think. But there's a there's a link. That's the only reason I brought him up. That's not just me connecting dots. I hate when people just randomly connect yeah. dots. That's like, that's great. You think they should sign up? Nobody. But if nobody important thinks about that, then I don't really give a shit what you think. Which is my problem um, with mock drafts. Yeah, I hate mock drafts. Just, just give us Chase Young. Let's get it over with. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, I mean, I, I just think we, we need a bunch of players back there to just figure out someone to fill that gap. I did think Trey Boston. I was one of the people that thought Trey Boston was going to come to um, D.C. because he left Rivera. Then he was like, actually, I fucked up, and he went back to the Panthers, and he literally stated it's because of Rivera. So I assumed he was going to come to us. But he got paid pretty well. And I would have been happy if it was Trey Boston. Put that out there, too. Yeah, I mean, that position is a dumpster fire every year. I've said it a thousand times. Like, I I still remember to this day – it's 13 years ago now that like when Sean passed and, and they, and Greg Williams decided like, let's put Laurent Landry there. And I'm like, dear merciful God, you're going to put Laurent Landry at free safety. And then we all know how that happened, like how that worked out. Remember, you know, case in point is the Monday night massacre. And, um, and ever since then, oh, he, he took the cheese early. God, to say he's the, the least. Guy that, he's the guy that Sean burned, isn't he? He was the guy that Deshaun, Deshaun burned after Landry woofed at him all the pregame warm-ups. Yes, he was the guy that Deshaun burned. Um, I, oh, you're right. So, 
I don't know who this woman is, but Jashina Anderson, she's like Jashina's in a Anderson, lot of She's stuff. ESPN. She is? Yeah. Yeah, I she's know. ESPN. I only watch ESPN for sports. Uh, or like the actual game for the, for, for the games, not their commentary. No, nah, uh, she's really good. She, yeah, she tweeted out the other day, I'm told teams expressing preliminary interest uh, in Demarius Randall of Raiders, Seahawks, and Skins. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of chatter on the Raider but, blogs for Randall. The only re- position we haven't covered is who's going to back up Dwayne. Yeah, and that's another one. Who tweeted it out some point today? I want to say it was Booger McFarland, which I got really upset about. Talk about Jameis? Jameis. Yeah, and it was Booger. It was Booger, right? And I'm just like, oh, my God, Booger's breaking news. It on TV. Now I know that the apocalypse is upon us, um, or I should just immediately shut my ears and walk the other way. But um, a lot of Redskins fans got really grouchy about that one, about like, oh, Jameis. And then there was some who were like, you know, Jameis should come here. I, I don't need a quarterback who's coming off a 30-for-30 30 30 season. Like, I, I don't I, – I don't, whatever um i actually think he would be a really good fit in pittsburgh just kind of the reclamation projects that they do over there um but uh n- no i so uh the i just don't have a good answer and everyone everyone freaked out about it people are actually still freaking out about it um but little known but i guess it's a little known fact it should be a well-known fact at this point uh kime john kime came out and said immediately no this is not happening. But other people, uh, like if I'm not mistaken, I, even JP Finley gave it credence or gave it oxygen, which I got really upset yeah. about. I think Ken, I think Finley's uh, sources are a little harder to come by now that Bruce is gone. I'm convinced. Um, I don't. I, I would not doubt that 100. percent Because it's all it's all coming from Julie Donaldson now, not him. Mm. So I think his sources are burned from, from either burned or no longer there. Um, I think one of his big sources was uh, D'Angelo Hall. That's my conspiracy theory. And Hall is trying to move up into the national ranks now. And, um, and obviously, you know, he's not as connected I mean, to the I team wouldn't be anymore. surprised. There's, there's a, I mean, I like JP, but there's a noticeable drop-off in things coming from him first. Um, Donaldson has everything first. And then Khan usually backs it up. Khan, uh, I like Khan because he never tries He never tries to be the first. You just get the, yep, I've heard the same. You hear a lot of that, but I, I think his podcast has quickly moved up to one of my favorites, much more so than the Redskins top one, because it's, there's no hot takes. Like that's my favorite thing about him. He straight facts, homie. Like when you listen to his stuff, it's straight analysis. He alludes to what he's allowed to publicly allude to any, what he's not allowed to be allude to that too. And he won't as expressly say it. And um, like, he always like this format of like one of his two to three weekly ones is like, interviews somebody nationally really good insight and then he gives like a five to seven minute monologue of like shit that's on his mind and like i've always enjoyed that because again it's just straight analysis had, uh, thoughts and all of like stuff that you should give a shit about not like you know well dwayne haskins uh you know should the redskins draft Tua and create a quarterback competition with dwayne haskins it's like shut the fuck up i don't need these dumb hot takes um he had jason campbell on his on his podcast like a I month did ago that one uh, and it was like great insight. Uh, I've forgotten how how much of a draw Jason Campbell had. That dude is from the south. so country in terms of his accent. That, yeah, that was so country. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know who's good. that's another position I think is very. We can't rely on Alex Smith to be the backup. Actually, as as we were starting this podcast, Colt McCoy signed with uh, the New York Giants. Did uh, he really? So the Colt McCoy, yeah, the Colt McCoy revenge game is coming to a. 
to me or you. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to, to um, if we go take some flyers. I wouldn't be surprised if we drafted a quarterback in like the sixth round. Um, okay. It's going to be Gus Ferrat all over again. <laughs> and Gus we trust. Um, I was a big Gus Ferrat fan. Big Gus Ferrat fan. But yeah, I mean, I was too, the first quarterback I remember like really winning games. Um, but it's another field where there's not a lot of – I mean, out, there's Jameson and there's Cam. Cam's worth talking about because of the connection. I actually tweeted out about this. I was really adamant against this um, from the Halo District. I think the connection to Cam is stupid and way overblown. Um, like, there is – It's I pure think, conjecture. Zero, yeah, I think there's zero point to this. One – Cam's going to demand a lot of money. We already have too much money tied up the quarterback position to begin with that can't play. Two, you're giving a lot of money to a guy that is already hurt. So if we have $40 million tied up in broken quarterbacks, no, thank you. Um, like it's, it's, I think actually done. I don't think, I think it's a dumb narrative. It's only there because of Ron. Uh, I don't know what, I'm like on my high horse right now. Just a lot of people are talking about it. And I think it's really stupid. Um, he's not going to get us to playoffs. He's going to get hurt in like four games. Plus, because of the because of the goddamn Runa, no one can do a physical on him anyway, so no one knows if he's healthy. So don't pay him. That simple. Sorry. I'm going to say it plain and simple, even probably straight and more blunt than you did, because I could not agree more with everything that you just outlined. Dwayne Haskins is going to be the starting quarterback of the team next year, and the Redskins are not going to bring in someone who is a legitimate presence to challenge Dwayne Haskins for the quarterback job. It's going to be someone who is going to be a very obvious backup with the capabilities of a backup to back up Dwayne Haskins. Dan Snyder is not going to be proven wrong publicly. I don't care what the power structure is with Ron Rivera. Dwayne Haskins is, is Dan Snyder's guy, and Dan Snyder signs Juan Rivera's checks. It is plain and simple. They're not drafting Tua. They're not drafting Justin Herbert. They're not trading for Cam Newton. They're not doing any of this shit. Dwayne Haskins is a quarterback. This is all just talking points and media fodder, and they're not doing anything to challenge that position. Whoever comes in, it's going to be a Colt McCoy-like player to be the, Haskin, the backup behind Haskins. I can't say it any more bluntly. Like This is all mental masturbation. right? Just, 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 just yeah. what it is. I kind of wish I was Chase Daniel. That guy has made like fifty million dollars, and I think he's only throwing. He is in the NBA. They call it keep getting them checks. He is he is keep getting them checks. Yeah, good for that guy. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think he's ever. I mean, has he ever been a starting quarterback? I mean, obviously he started like when someone's hurt. Has he ever been the guy? No. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. I don't remember him ever going into a season as a starter. I can say the 99% certainty he's uh, never been the designated starter for a team outside of injury relief. So, yeah, so I, don't, I don't even know. I mean, Case Keenan has, has signed elsewhere. Foles got traded. Um, I think Matt Moore, Colt McCoy, all those guys that are like, I could play if I desperately need to type backups are all gone. I think they've all signed elsewhere, which signals that we actually believe in Alex Smith, which is terrifying to think about. Yeah, I think it's by process of elimination that we believe in Alex Smith. Like, because I, I don't think anybody can look you in the look anyone in the straight face and say we believe that if Dwayne goes down because of an injury, Alex, we're comfortable with Alex coming in and playing. Like, you can't. So you can't, just you can't walk. Right. So, um, and the problem is like I'm. 
even if we go with the Gus Farratt route, if you want to call it that, of drafting someone way back, like after the top seven quarterbacks who are all going to be off the board by pick 50 at the worst, assuming Jalen Hurts goes in the top 50, which I believe he will, draft falls off a cliff. I mean, falls off a cliff. Like you've got Anthony Gordon in Washington State, who people are going to think is Gardner Minshew. He's not Gardner Minshew, not even close. And then you've got the dude from Michigan State, Brian Lewerke, who is whatever. Like he's he's a one of the he's like a lesser known Hoyer brother, to be honest with you. And then you've got like fucking Shea Patterson from Michigan, who's a bum. He's a he's he's a bum among bums. So it's like it it, it you it's some real real shit pickings after uh, after like I said those top fifty picks. We're not investing that type of cachet into um, at the quarterback position. We don't even we only have one pick in the top fifty to begin with. So. Yeah, I, don't, I just – I know they're going to – they have to bring somebody in. I'm just trying to figure out who's it going to be. Like, Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a gonna rando. Are going to go and sign Joe Flacco? Oh, my God. He is one player that if they signed, I would seriously consider becoming an agnostic in terms of fandom. Like, he's, he's on my – him and Eli Manning were two players where, like, if they ever play for my team, I would have to seriously consider my fandom. And Flacco we trust, dude. Yeah. And third would probably well, number one, quarter, number one all time would be Michael Irvin, but like, um, but yeah, like those other guys, God, God, no. I, I, to be completely honest with you, as much as I would hate this, Joe Flacco is actually not completely far fetched, and that's gross. No, he's not. He, he would probably take a pay cut. He knows he wouldn't start. He's not going to start anywhere anyway. Um, it's a it'll be an offense that. that he probably understands. Um. I don't know. There's nobody out there to challenge Alex Smith that I know of other than Flacco. Um, I like what's what's the quarterback in Carolina's name? Kyle Allen, is that his name? Mm, um, yeah. Kind of thought, obviously, because of the connection that maybe Rivera would 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 go after him just to come in to compete with Dwayne. Obviously, he wouldn't be starter, but like he would know the offense so well that he would look better early on and, and put pressure on Dwayne. Um, but that's the last. I mean, that's the last trip to fall with this free agency, in my opinion. Is like, what are we going to do with that? Um, at that spot, I think you're right. I think it is Dwayne's spot. The two with lovers is not going to happen. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm proven wrong, but I just don't see it happening. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens in that position because ultimately that's going to win us games or not. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's any guys connected to Scott Turner, and I can't even find anything that would be, like, under-the-radar signing. Like, I, I, I'm pulling out guys like Matt Castle and Brad Sean Johnson. Hill. Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson's a good dude. Um, Sam Bradford. Yeah. Yeesh. God, no thanks. Um, yeah, I can't find anybody else. Okay. Also, shout-out to Case Keenum for getting for getting that bag over in Cleveland and reuniting with Kevin Stefanski because that contract will hopefully, hopefully be enough to net us a compensatory pick. So I'm all about that. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Are we, there's, there's another player that just signed that might get us a commentary pick. It was um, – Flowers, might. Flowers, that's what I was thinking of. I was like, thanks, thanks, for, the, <laughs> thanks for the flyer you took on us and yeah. thanks for the pick. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about that, man. Um, okay. I think it's a good spot to wrap it up here. There will be plenty of stuff to talk about for uh, the, the draft upcoming, especially as draft season gets underway, although I hope they still have the NFL draft towards the end of April, given all the, uh, all the havoc that the Rona is causing right now. But um, thank you so much for everyone who's listened so far. 
a special shout out to everyone right now. Please be safe. Please stay indoors. Please listen to the quarantines. Please don't do anything stupid. Please don't go out on spring break and, you know, and lick things and like spit and slobber all over people because like this Rona is some serious shit. And I don't care about what your government conspiracy theories are. Like this is bad and just, you know, be safe and uh, take care of yourself and your family. But until then, um, please make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and subscribe to us on all the various uh, platforms. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.